Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you are in the world, and welcome to the Sales Players Podcast. Hey everybody, this is David Craig White, your host here on the Sales Players Podcast, and today I'm delighted, first of all, to have a female on the show. Yes. Finally. Switching it up. <laughs> um, today I'm welcoming Casey Cannavale. I, I know I've pronounced that right because we just did a bit That's of training. It. Got it. Uh, funnel filler, opportunity setter, and gold crusher, and director of revenue at Cellex. Uh, thank you for joining us, Casey. Yeah, of course. Happy to be here. Yeah. And um, I think also, not for the, yeah, actually, you're probably the first person on the show as well who's uh, in the US. Oh, uh, look yeah, at how special that is. <laughs> so, so yeah, I think we've done Australia so far. Uh, done a few UK ones, uh, Denmark as well, I think. Uh, but yeah, f- first one so far on the US. I've got plenty on the list, but you're definitely coming first. to you live from Cleveland, Ohio. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Cool. So today, Casey, as we've agreed, um, you know, I, I came across I came across your profile actually because you was on a. I think it was on a live cold calling uh, oh, event yeah. um, with a few people uh, a few weeks back. I can't, I can't remember which one it was exactly, but that's that's how I came across your profile. Um, I tried to watch the first sort of uh, 15, 20 minutes of, of that show. Um, and I was also like, oh, a woman, a female. We need a female on the show. Um, and of course, uh, so I took a look at your profile, sent you an invite, and we, we finally made it happen after a bit of back mm-hmm. and forth on the calendar. So, so it, it, it's great to have you on. You've got an interesting profile, and today, sort of, as we agreed, we're gonna we're gonna talk about your sort of your short but fast uh, rise of of moving into to the position what you're in from from starting off uh, from working at Macy's uh, back in 2013. I think that was yeah, so, yeah, 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 just short of uh, so nine years ago ish, uh, pretty much. So, so I thought you've got a really interesting profile. A lot of our audience are obviously salespeople. They're SDRs, uh, some sales leaders in there, some sort of SDR team leaders as well. So, mm-hmm. so and generally also, you know, we have experienced salespeople in there who, like yourself, uh, are sort of looking to, to go and make that step from salesperson to sales leader, et cetera. Um, so I think it's good. It'd be good to share some of your experiences today from, from how you got into sales from, from working at Macy's and how you sort of took that progression and went into sales and moved into SDR cold calling and, and got where you got today. Um, and of course, we're, we're, we're gonna cop, we'll, we'll touch on a few more topics as we go through there as well. I know I definitely wanna speak to you around the, uh, the startups. You obviously, you're working in a startup right now. That, that was yeah. fairly new to you, obviously, I think not this job, the previous one was your first one, right, Tidal? Um, so of course, and that's also interesting. We've got a lot of tech salespeople as well who sort of follow us. So, so it's it's always uh, always nice to to get some experiences and shared knowledge from from people in the same space. Um, so, so yeah, let let's start. Get, give us a bit of an intro to yourself first of all. Um, obviously, who you are, where you're from, kind of done that already. Uh, the company where you work at. Give you a little thirty second spiel so we know sort of where you- <laughs> my elevator pitch about Celex. Yeah. I can do yeah. that. <laughs> Um, well, David, thank you so much for having me on. Um, it definitely 
is an interesting world that I have found myself in, right? So starting out of college, working for Macy's, I was in like their executive development program. I was going into management, retail, writing on the wall there with, you know, brick and mortar is not um, as successful as it used to be. Um, fast forward here to Celex, I'll fill in the blanks for the in-between, um, but Celex is a sales enablement platform with a BDR marketplace attached. So you think of an outbound lead gen company where you know folks are setting appointments for you. So that's definitely one factor of what the platform can do um, and gives you total visibility kind of into your campaign and what's happening. Um, but we also can be used from strictly like a learning platform as well, figuring out who your ideal client profile is, like how large is your TAM? What vertical should we be reaching out to? Um, so we're really more of that testing lab portion with that BDR marketplace attached, 270 some BDRs working on the platform. It's going to change how folks think about sales. Um, we're already seeing that um, and we've been live since April. Um, so cool. the platform's awesome. It's a wild ride <laughs> being in a startup for sure. <laughs> All right, cool. So, so we're, let, let, we'll obviously dig in a bit more to sell eggs and title and things like that now. But I, I always like to start from the beginning. First of all, I mean, yeah. you said obviously you studied first. Um, you, you did a, ba a bachelor's there, and then you moved into into obviously um, your, your first job. Did you ever? Did you intend on moving into sales or did is it just are you just another one of those of us who just landed there by accident? Oh my gosh, landed by accident. Um, so I was a communications major. I kind of fell into working at Macy's um, within that executive development program and then left there and I was like, what do I want to be when I grow up? Right. I still ask myself that, I guess, today. Yeah. I, I asked like, winning calls with people. What yeah. do you want to be grow up? Still waiting to be a grown up, still waiting to figure out what I want to be. Um, so I went into recruiting. I worked for an IT consulting firm. Um, and then the natural progression there was into a sales role. Yeah. Um, and I was like, I don't really know like what I'm doing. Right. Um, and there weren't tools there to set me up for success, nope. which then I'm like, well, is sales for me? Like, what else do I do? Right? Like, yeah. this is what everyone's been telling me for like, you know, two years that this is the progression. And then I get there and then it's kind of like, I'm so inexperienced that I didn't even know where to start at that point, which in sales, that's, it's scary, right? Like, you're like, what do I do? How do I get there? What are the tools? And there weren't like the resources, LinkedIn wasn't what it is today. Like it was like, you know, you'd read a book, you know, like read a book, like that's so foreign. People started books today, obviously. <laughs> but there wasn't like micro content, like really easy ways to like really get a hold of like how I should go about that. Yeah. Um, so I left there and I was like, if I'm gonna make it in sales, I should, you know, really kind of find something that I'm going to cut my teeth at that's going to be hard and figure out if like this is something that I want to do. Yeah, yeah. So so that's just hard. to you you went, you went from Macy's mm -hmm. you did B, I take it you obviously do BTC there naturally. Um mm -hmm. and then moved into a recruitment role in the in the other company like mm -hmm. A lot of people say recruitment's like sales. So it's kind of like you say maybe a natural progression because because yeah. it kind of is in a way, right? Um 
what what was apart from sort of not having the tools there that that was your first step into a sales role so when you moved from recruitment into that sales role do you remember what the, some of those early challenges were uh what you struggled with the most um, in in that role because because yeah. it still happens today people mm -hmm. still want to even some tech startup companies people still walk into a role there as an SDR and a, a first the first salesperson where there are no tools um there's of course resources and LinkedIn like you say you know you, you, you literally can't scroll further than uh, 30 seconds without finding some sort of sales advice from someone right um but there's still people people out there walking into companies who maybe don't know that's there or, and don't have the resources um so it's more just to understand sort of like do you remember what those first challenges were how you overcame those what, what was your biggest sort of early memory from from that apart from obviously lacking the, the tools to do the job yeah and you're totally right so i talked to a lot of founders today of startup companies that want to build their sales team and they don't know where to start they've never sold previously so they don't even know how to equip this team that they're trying to build right yeah. um so with my challenges from moving from recruiting into sales and recruiting 100 is sales right if you can convince somebody to switch jobs um that's such more of a personal right type of sale than me trying to sell a platform to a company. Um, so recruiting is definitely extremely hard, um, especially within the IT space. Um, so I would work really closely with our CEO and founder of that company and who had sold for years, who thought that I just knew what he knew mm -hmm. and it was not necessarily the best like teacher re like relationship right it was like oh do this do get on the phone and i'm like i have never like i can cold call a person right but like i'm like how do i get through a dial tree do i call someone's cell phone where do i get this information like that wasn't readily available there wasn't like a crm for me to like hunt through yeah okay. so number one where do i start right um and then if i don't have someone i could think i'm saying the greatest stuff in the world but if it doesn't resonate to the person i'm talking to then what's the point right yeah um so it was that true fundamental piece that was missing um mm. from that so it was truly just like i'm lost i need help you're kind of giving me guidance but you think i know more than i do um mm. And just kind of, I think, being maybe unfairly compared to like expectations versus who I actually was within my sales career. Would you say that um, being put in, because because I always talk about sort of how some of the, I don't know whether you would class it as a horrible experience, um, but but some of your worst experiences from the past, uh, when you look back on them in, the, in sort of in the now time, in the future, um they you, like i know i look back on a lot of those and i think you know what that was hell for the last year but i learned so much uh would you say that like being thrown in like that helped you progress faster yes um so again the reason why i chose to leave there and then move to um i worked for a couple xerox companies um like to copiers like the least sexy thing you could sell in the world i think um extremely commoditized you know not uh the most exciting sell but i was like if i can knock on a door if i can pick up a phone and cold call people 
and try and talk about a copier with them, like yeah. I know that this is something that like I can do. Yeah. Right. Um, and a lot of folks have a hard time breaking into SaaS after working, you know, for such a commoditized product. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think it's it's crazy because I learned so much from knocking on a door and being told no to my face or just it takes something inside of you that grit and that grind to be able to do that type of role and yeah. i see a lot of folks today that are just not being taken into consideration for SaaS roles account yeah. executives sdrs and that's really a shame because you learn a ton specifically yeah. being out in the field having yeah. those face-to-face -face conversations um and then the extremely challenging life of like you know a four-hour call block where you're just trying to talk yeah. to anybody and anybody everybody in your territory to talk about a copier that everyone's under contract for it's funny you know it's funny you say it because the first when i first stepped into my first sales manager role the first person i hired and i've hired her three times actually since then we're really good friends now um fiona she was she actually came from sort of a similar background she was selling mm -hmm. uh, computer hardware pieces something like that right and it was like but you could just tell in the way she was as a person, like this is a salesperson. You mm -hmm. know, we need to work and refine them and, and help them adjust. But this is a real salesperson, and that's that difficult to find, right? Um, yeah. You, you don't find those natural salespeople very often, especially not like a hunter profile. So, mm -hmm. so it's quite interesting, and, and also the same with like you get a lot of SDRs, at least here in Europe, like in particular, who if you look back on the history, they, they a lot of them did like three or Two, two blocks of three months where they did volunteer work, where it was on the streets for charities like UNICEF or something. Mm -hmm. And you can say, I always like, if they went back for a second round, they did first three months and they went back for a second round, like there's always, a, it's always a good sign in a profile, even if their experience doesn't match up. If they've done that, you're like, this could be a good hunter. Um, yeah, so it's definitely more of an overall skill set versus, because mm -hmm. if you're willing to do, a, a tough sale, like, you know, a copier sale, for example, that is trans, you can translate that into anything. It's just, you have to learn, right? Like you have to learn how to do a demo. Like never did I think that I would be, you know, going and speaking about features and benefits and helping people with copiers. But like, I learned that and I didn't even really, I didn't enjoy that, right? It's not like a fun conversation. Um, so if you can get behind a, a platform that you, care about and you are passionate about yeah easy peasy you can do a demo right like yeah. that's great as long as those core skills are there yeah yeah definitely so, so that's a good message to everybody out there if you're selling something what's pretty boring and dull and you're doing a decent <laughs> job think of what I'm you could sell. think of how good you could sell if you actually went to a company with a decent product <laughs> and i'm sorry for the copier sales people people are really good at it and love it it was not for me but it taught me so much so yeah, much. yeah, cool, cool. So, so yeah. Then you moved on to the the BT BT Technologies. That was your ne your next role after that one, right? Yeah. So, um, MT Business Technologies and then Comdoc. They were both. Um, yeah, they're both. The same. Yep. Oh, mm -hmm. Yep. They merged together. They're sister companies. Okay. Okay. So, so then, uh, of course, you entered the the startup world when you went to Title. But mm -hmm. did you? Did you purposely aim and look for something in the SaaS space or what, what, what was your, 
just accidental? What? No, so this is really funny. So with, which I'm sure a lot of people feel this way, like folks are being made to go back into the office. Mm. And I was one of the people that were like, I'm doing my job better at home. I'm going out to clients. Why are you going to make me go back into an office? Um, And I had, you know, kind of served my time within the copier world. So I was looking for something different. And that's when I found title um, via LinkedIn. And we were a, you know, traditional outbound lead gen company. So services prior to moving into SaaS. Um, And I started out as an SDR. So I had never been an SDR. I have Mm -hmm. always been a hunter setting my own appointments, but I was never just the beginning top of funnel piece. Mm. And I had never been taught how to do that the right way. Okay. So you, yes, you was working as a full, full say, full cycle sales rep, right? Sales account right. exec, or sales exec, whatever, whatever the mm-hmm. whatever the terminology is used depends on the company, yeah. in the country. Um, so, so when you say you'd never been taught, because like, you've been doing it, you've been doing it obviously mm-hmm. not in a different fashion. So had you had you never done it over the phone before? I'd done it over the phone, but I didn't have someone helping me with my script or my email content. And I also didn't, like I was picking up a a phone, right? And like physically dialing versus using a power dialer or, you know, a sales loft and outreach, right? I didn't have, um, gosh, I wish I could remember the name of the CRM we used, but it was like the oldest CRM of all time. And like, it was, you know, just like very outdated and, I was putting in that work and then moving over to title and having all of this tech that supported me to make me successful. And I think it was some like divine intervention that like I went to title, like I hated making phone calls previously and I was signing up for a job that I was going to make, you know, a hundred, 200 calls a day. Right. So something happened in the universe. I was supposed to go there. Um, I was successful. Um, so our CEO, um, Steve Schmidt, he was like, if you keep this up for like four to five months, like I'll move you into our first um, non-founder led sales role. So I was like, okay, challenge accepted. I will sell with you side by side, like bring it on. Um, so one month I said, I think 63 appointments. Yeah. Um, so that was, I think still a record actually. Um, I should have gotten a little trophy or something, um, yeah. but so yeah, then I transitioned into this director of revenue role at Title, sold with Steve, um, and was able to learn so much from him. But also, mm-hmm. I was still doing my own cold calling and setting my own appointments. So that's yeah. still a really big piece of my job today at Celex. Um, Title joined forces with Celex back in June. So. Yeah. Um, it's essentially that outbound piece married to that SaaS platform. Um, so moving into my role today, still selling with Steve. Um, he's now the CRO of Celex. Yep. Um, and now building out that team and working through all of the craziness that is working at a startup. Um, you know, it's been since June, I think it was 15th or 16th. And it feels like we've all been together for you know, two years by now, like everything happens like all at once at the same time, but it keeps every day really interesting. 
Yeah, yeah. So that first SDR role, first real SDR role, I mean, number one, yeah, I, I think one thing is like, because you came from where you came from and your background of having done a few years, I can't remember, I don't know, it must have been what, three, four, five? Uh, yeah. In, in, in the, the, the duller industries uh, without that technology, then of course, I, I think one thing I've noticed, I mean, I, I'm I'm 41, so I've, I've probably done a decade before that as well, where I was also, you know, there, there was no sequencing there. You had to email everything yourself. Um, right. Yeah, yeah. So, so of course, we're, it, a lot of people sort of, of my generation, at least definitely, um, and somewhat, I guess, part, partly of yours, you know, they, they, they talk about the SDRs of today and they say, like, you don't know how lucky you are. Um, and there's a lot of a focus on why don't they pick up the phone and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. um, what you walked into that role, you could appreciate where you'd come from. You could appreciate where it was. So, despite the challenges of learning this software and whatnot, do you remember sort of what was it? Do you think that made you good in the first place at being able to just pick up the phone and dial? Do you think that was a result of your background of what you'd done before? Or was that something what's it sort of embedded into you maybe as a child and your upbringing and things like that? Um, so I think both. One, I think that my goal was to set appointments for my client. Um, so I always begin with the end in mind, right? So yeah. what do I have to do to get an appointment today? And to me, it didn't matter if I had to make 200 calls or two calls and send, you know, 100 emails. Like, I, yeah. my goal each and every day was to set an appointment and like I was going to get there. And if I didn't, I did two the next day. Yeah. Um, so you didn't, just, just so I can get this right, because it's interesting. So you didn't actually focus too much on the amount of calls. You've just purely focused on calling until you got your meeting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. So, which obviously most people are like, well, you should make, you know, a hundred dials a day, but mm. why if I'm getting to my right desired outcome for the day? Like, obviously I love to overachieve and do more, yeah. but you have to think about where you're spending your time. Most of my time was spent on the phone. Like that's where I set like 90 some percent of my opportunities was from a cold call yeah and i think that what made me successful and also other bdrs um that work at cellx is like we have typically a sales background um yeah. so folks that have maybe taken a step back in their career to move forward so right your traditional sales career you're an sdr you're an account executive you're a senior account executive so on and so forth Yep. I went from an AE to an SDR to right yep. director of revenue. Um, yep. Whereas now looking back on it, I wish I could have moved my SDR experience to the to the front of my career um, yep. because I would have been a better account executive. Um, mm -hmm. Just I would have known how to build out content and talk to certain roles and really build out better messaging per persona. Yeah. Do you think though that you would have appreciated like the the technology and the situation you walked into if you hadn't have had that background? So if your first job would have just been straight from Macy's straight into a tech startup and you hadn't have done all that that sort of selling with, with no CRM or an old dated CRM and yeah. no tech, 
do you think do you think that would have do you think you would have well you definitely wouldn't have had the same appreciation of it um yeah. but what how do you think that would have been um that's a good point right so like everything that i did kind of led me to be like this is great like i'll gladly make 100 phone calls if i don't have to dial each number each time right um so it maybe just would have been an easier path the other way yeah. right starting out with the tech stack um yeah. and being an sdr and learning how to go about things um i definitely kind of had to cut my teeth a bit you know make some mistakes yeah. um but i definitely am a better seller today for having mm. both of those experiences yeah because that that's also you know there's a, a lot of people also talk about sort of today and we get in particular again sdrs a lot of sales leaders are always complaining about oh these sdrs they walk in they do a good job and they expect to get promoted after like five months or something like mm -hmm. that um and i sort of like i'm 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 not going to say I'm on the fence with it. I'm, I kind of see the perspective from both sides um, because it's difficult to ramp a company when you, you know, hiring is difficult, right? It takes a long time, takes a lot of resources. So when mm -hmm. your SDRs want to be AEs, uh, then you have to keep replacing your SDRs. And of course, that that's time consuming, right? But at the end of the day, AEs are also difficult to find and expensive to recruit. And if you can recruit within, then fair enough. And And for me, like, if there's a good sales talent there, then you spot that when they're an SDR, you know this SDR is going to be a good AE. So why not throw them in there as an AE earlier? Why do they have to be 12 months or 24 months? Um, so I think I think that's a really interesting topic there because because there is, I see the lot um, of, of the grumbling what's done from a sales leadership perspective about how, how SDRs all expect to be promoted too quick. But if I was an SDR, and I knew my worth, and I knew I was good. I would want to be quick. Otherwise, I'm going to leave and I'm going to go go get an AE job somewhere else, right? Yeah. So I agree. So companies that have like a very strict roadmap, um, it's interesting to me because are you dunting someone's capabilities within your company because they know that they have to be in this role for eighteen months, like? There are people that love to be an SDR that want to do this for the rest of their life. Yeah. I was good at it, right? <laughs> like, um, that's awesome if you do love to do that. Um, it's definitely a skill, right? You have to have a tough skin and you have to tough skin. Um, so if you have somebody that's like, I have to do this for 18 months and then they get approached on LinkedIn, they're like, I'm going to go be an account executive over here. Like I'm yeah. done making a hundred aisles a day. Right. Yeah. Um, but the SDR that wants to get promoted in three months, if you're not proving yourself in those three months, then yeah. that's also the, I think that's the biggest gripe is like, how are you performing in those first few months as an SDR? Yeah. Because yeah, if yeah. you can't do that set appointments for your AEs, then what do you want as an AE, right? You don't want yourself as an SDR. You want to then be able to have an SDR that's going to set quality appointments for you. Yeah, yeah. And again, it's 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 you know it's it's rightfully seen in a way. It depends on you where you've come from, right? Your background. Have you had any sales experience before? Because mm -hmm. I, I know I, I particularly remember just like last year at some point, like I had a I had a, a guy who who was he was a brilliant SDR. 
Um, and of course, he'd, he'd done the AE job as well, um, but he'd not done it to the extent where, like that was his only experience. So he hadn't had any previous sales experience. And then all of a sudden in some companies, like the role, the account exec role gets so complex because maybe it's a complex product or maybe the persona, you know, the, you're doing enterprise or something like that. Mm -hmm. There's, multiple, there's so much more to learn that all of a sudden that knowledge gap just becomes huge. Um, so of course, whereas you've got an SDR, they're like, but I've done it, I'm good at it, I, I have this, but they don't realize that you need background from sort of maybe multiple places selling multiple products to be able to be a better A, because mm -hmm. of course, you're, I remember having the conversation with the chap and saying, listen, when I'm, when I'm listening to the answer of uh, a prospect's like, answer to my questions, like my brain is working on overdrive and what it's doing is just recalling all these different memories from all these different conversations of all these different jobs at the thousands and thousands of hours of sales yeah. experience. Got. And all of a sudden I'm going to grab one of those and be like, oh yeah, that's what he said. Mm -hmm. And I'm use that in the conversation. And if you've only done three months, six months, whatever, even 12 months in an SDR role and you haven't had any previous sales experience, of course, you can be a good AE, but you can't be a very good AE at that point. It's going to take you a long time, I think. So, of course, I, I, th I think there's definitely a balance, right? It's 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 going off what, what, fair enough, if you're good and you're going to be good, then be put into an AE role, fair enough. But, but I, again, it, I think it's just also just so long as you've got that humbleness, right, and that self-awareness of, like, just because you got progressed quickly doesn't mean you're the best you can be. There's a lot more to learn and you can get even better. I think that that's the key thing, right? Because um, it's it, experience, that's where it comes in. It comes yeah. in on every single conversation, right? Because you're recalling mm -hmm. these conversations with prospects. Exactly. Um, and I just had a meeting yesterday with the VP of sales. And honestly, most of the people that I talk with have never been an SDR. Um, so mm -hmm. it's you know, VP of sales, CROs, CEOs, and yeah. the VP of sale I was talking to yesterday, he was like, I was a BDR for three years. And I'm like, wow, like, he's like, yeah, it's hard. And that I think then makes a really well-rounded sales leader. Yeah. Like you have to be, have to have been on the front lines, really, you know, going through that repetitiveness that is the SDR role and appreciate yeah. that. Um, yeah. And then going into that AE role, appreciating all of what that is, and then moving into, into a leadership role. So yeah. I think to be an effective leader. Yeah, definitely, because you don't get the respect from the, the team otherwise, right? Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's massive. And I mean, I mean I've also, you know, I've, I, I do sales training. I don't do it so much these days, but I, I've done sales training. And that was my sort of next step after I moved out of sort of sales leadership. I moved into mm -hmm. sales training. And trust me, you need that even more as a sales trainer because that's the first thing everybody says about sales trainers is, oh, have they even done the job themselves? Or have they just uh, got their work? They know how to do their workshop. They've got it in their, their PowerPoint um, and they're just going to tell me how it is. Mm -hmm. um, it's definitely the same with, with salespeople. I think you, you, you have to earn that respect. And very often that's only earned if you've done the job, right? And especially yep. maybe, maybe not so much as an SDR, but... I think definitely to a certain degree, right? I think anybody who comes in who doesn't understand the role and the di especially how difficult the role is, right? Then you're always going to struggle with that with that respect from the salespeople, definitely. So it's good, good.
So when you moved into this tech startup, uh, tech startups are a very different beast in many ways. Um, what, what was your, what, what's the main, what's the biggest thing for you, what you remember stood out the most, apart from obviously the, the tech and everything and the, the tools, what they're using, what was the biggest shift for you and the biggest change from a traditional company into a, a sort of tech startup? Yeah. Um, so Xerox billion dollar corporation, right? Like everything is very like, this is what you do. This is where it goes. Like regimented, everything has a process, mm. which I love a routine. I love time management. I think that's one of my better skills in life. And what makes me successful is how I'm able to block off my calendar. Um, but going into a startup where you're like, okay, we're building out these processes and procedures. And who do I go to for this? There's no one. Okay. So it's me. Like you have to be able to be wear a ton of hats and yeah. be okay with it and realize that a week is going to feel like a month and a month is going to feel like a year based on yeah. you know, what you're doing each day. And you have to be there to grind and work together and be able to realize that what you're doing is for the betterment of the company, right? Yeah. It's definitely going back to being self-aware. Um, that's a wonderful quality just in life in general, right? To be a self-aware human, um, but specifically within a startup, like this isn't just about you and your role. It is about the company and what you're doing is going to benefit everyone in the long run. Yeah, yeah. So you remember like, I, it's it's funny because you talk about coming from a big company like Xerox. Um, I've, done, I've, I've been involved in a lot of companies. I've done a lot of recruiting inside of tech startups well, but scaling fast. Um, mm -hmm. And and it was quite a, I remember one of the earlier mistakes of the, the, the talent team of, of going out and trying to find, especially when the, those startups start to get big and successful, then they're like, right, I've got more money now. I've just got another round of investment. And they go out and try and find, like, go find me the, the, the salespeople from LinkedIn or from Salesforce or one of the big giants because we need those people now because we have we can afford them. Mm -hmm. um, and then all of a sudden those people land there and they're just like, it's a shock, right? And a lot of them, I remember a lot of them just failed miserably. And that, that strategy got cut pretty quickly. And we're like, okay, no more recruits from Salesforce or LinkedIn or anything because they're coming in with expectations of something, what they've just came from. Uh, mm -hmm. But this so what do you think was what was different for you for example when you came from that was it because again is that a personality trait of yours what just made you you're just like happy to adapt and adjust and and get get your nails dirty if you like yeah um so i am always the person that's going to be like okay like let's get this done right yeah. i don't I'm not like a let's talk about it for like two weeks and then implement and see what happens. Um, so kind of moving into this fast paced environment, I was like, yeah, like I can do this. Like, let's go. Let's build yeah. something yeah. versus because that's what I was missing. Right. So working for a large organization, you're a number. Right. Specifically me in my role, I was a number. Someone had to quit or retire for me to move anywhere. Yeah. Um, with this, it's truly like you reap what you sow. So if mm -hmm. you're doing a great job, like there's options for you at a startup versus having like a very clear cut career path. And yeah. I loved that. 
it was like, yeah. okay, well, let's build this thing. Like, let's go. How mm. do we do this? What do we need to do? What makes sense? Let's talk about our ICP. How can we refine that even more to make sure that we're targeting the right folks? Yeah. Um, what message lands, yada, yada, so on and so forth. Yeah, yeah. So would you say so far in your career, sort of your defining moment has been when you, you did that switch and you joined Tidal? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And again, yeah. Hayden making phone calls, so I can't believe I signed up to be a BDR. My husband was like, you're going to do what? I was like, I don't know. I really like the guy. I was like, I think it's going to be good. I was like, mm. I've never worked for a startup. And he's like, okay, Casey. <laughs> yeah. No, it, Whatever, no, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it's a lot of, you get a lot of uh, marketing graduates who actually are interested in, and maybe they're studying sort of international business and marketing, whatever. Um, and they actually come to a startup just to get experience of working in a startup. One of the easiest jobs to get, of course, sometimes is like an SDR, BDR role. Mm -hmm. you get a lot of these marketing graduates who come out with a, a degree who've actually gone into a startup and they're in sales and all, and they're just like, yeah, I actually quite like this. And they carry on. And that's, that's, I, I, I think, yeah, it's, it's very, very rare. You speak to somebody who purposely went into sales. I think there, yeah. there's a few out there. Usually that's because their parents were salespeople. I was just going to say that. Like most people have been right around sales. Um, and like they they see like what that lifestyle is like. Um, but like I don't think my parents still know what I do. Right. Mom's like, I don't know what you do. I'm like, it's OK. It's OK. It's, yeah. I really like it, mom. I'm good at it. Yeah. Thank you. It's supportive. It's all good, right? Yeah. <laughs> All right, good. So on that same topic there, when we're talking about that, um, I mentioned to you that I'd, I'd also like to get your, your thoughts and your, your feelings on females in sales, because that, that's been one thing for me, at least. I mean, I, I've, I've done sales for a long time. I've been in sales for a long time. I've hired a lot of salespeople um, and I've worked with a lot of companies with a lot of salespeople. And especially in the tech sales space, like the amount of females, it's like sometimes you have to battle to be like, okay, we need to actually almost be biased now in our recruiting because I can't hire another male in this team because it's then going to be important for a female to walk in here because uh, it's just like a man jungle. Um, what, what's your sort of experience with that yourself, and, and do you, what do you what do you see this current status quo on that as being? Yeah. Um, so my so going back to my first role at xerox i walk in the first day cubes in i had to go downstairs in a basement i'm like this is this is not on the tour of, the, of where my desk would be um it's a bunch of boys i'm just down there with a bunch of boys in cubes i'm the first girl to work there in god knows how long two male managers and i'm like that doesn't bother me i'm a, a confident person but it's kind of like oh geez okay and yeah. they had to like my boss was like i told them to like you know be more appropriate down here like and i'm like honestly like they probably should be more appropriate because it's their job um but don't change uh you know on a my accord but it can be a lot I think that it's almost more intimidating even for me today. So I expect when I set a meeting or I call someone, obviously I see their name when I'm calling them or setting their appointment, but I'm more hesitant when I call a woman 
because she's damn good to be in that role that she's in. If she's a CRO, I'm like, this is going to be a tough call. Yeah. Versus if I call, you know, a male who's a VP of sales, I'm not as intimidated because not that I don't know their background, but it's definitely more. I feel like I have to be more on my game to prove myself as a female in sales to a woman that is at a high, high level. That, that I think it's also, I mean, you're, you're, you're putting it down to the fact that you're female, she's a female. But I think that in my experience as well, like to make it as a female, especially to that level, you also have to be very tough. Oh, um, yeah. It's and, not and like I, a light, fluffy call. Like it's not oh. like, and I just, um, I was working with a head of sales. Um, I just closed this deal. And at first I was like, gosh, like she, I don't think she likes me. Like I'm not getting like vibes from her. Like most of the time, like I can pick up on it. And it was a longer sales cycle, but towards, she was like, I've really enjoyed getting to know you. She, and she like had let her guard down. We were able to talk more, but I think that women feel like we have to be more professional and tough upfront because it's just you've always kind of been proving yourself along the way, right? Like I had to prove myself against all those boys in the basement, right? I had to set more appointments than them. I had to be louder than them. I had to speak up more than them. Like I had to prove that I was just as good as them, if not better. Um, And I did. And that is intimidating to a lot of women or even like more reserved people like taking gender out of it like you think of sales and you're like oh you have to be tough you have to be loud you have to be an extrovert like i'm not an extrovert i'm definitely more of an introvert but i can you know flex up and down if need be depending on you know who i'm talking to um but a lot of really good salespeople are the quieter people. They're not really tough. They really dig in to know like the why behind the problem versus being a little more pushy, I guess, per se. Um, So it's not always about being the loudest person in the room, whether you're a male or a female, it's about your skill set doing your job. Yeah. It's, it's kind of that stereotypical salesperson from the, the 60s, 70s, 80s, if you like. Right. um, the 80s no I was an or Wolf of Wall Street like sell me this pen like I'm not gonna sell you this pen like please stop exactly exactly it kind of lingered on for a long time even when really it should have stopped right and of mm-hmm. course then I think there's also come it depends on the environment you walk into there's also companies out there where that still is there because of course it's all about the leadership um, mm-hmm. and if you somebody who's a leader who comes from that generation then they try and drive that culture and that culture is quite um I don't know it's when you build a culture like that and you get people bought in on that culture culture is a very powerful thing and especially it can be you know, toxic yeah totally totally mm-hmm. it's even you you also you adapt to your culture especially if you're a good salesperson you adapt just in general to your environment mm-hmm. right um so but but i i personally i think there's progress being made in that area at least i'm seeing a lot of different progress there um so so we're we're slowly but surely killing it off do you feel like, um, obviously, right now, uh, do, do you find when you're getting new hires, is there more females you feel in sales now or are interested in moving into sales? Yeah, I do. Um, yeah. So both Title and Celex um, were very 
inclusive. So yeah. obviously myself as director of revenue, we have a female um, chief people officer, learning and development, and a ton of female BDRs that are working, which we call yeah. them XDRs, sell X, XDRs, um, <laughs> um, on the platform. <laughs> <laughs> right. We're just going to add another acronym to the to the yeah. list. Um, and they're having great conversations. They're setting appointments. And I think especially from a top of funnel perspective is because you're not coming in and being you're not attacking that person. Right. They already are like, God, why did I pick up this phone call? And yeah. they're able to, I think, disarm a little better to then yeah. get out their pitch and have that conversation. Yeah. Yeah, and let me be a little bit. Uh, I'll tread on. I'll tread on the line here. Is that I would guess also that a lot to do with that is the fact that the most of the people they're calling are still males in those leadership roles. Yeah, catches them off guard a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Knew it. I knew it. We. I, I remember we used to do that in the office when we was uh, in one of my. I think it was my first B two B cold calling job there, where we would. Um, if we couldn't get through to somebody and we was failing, we would always try and change the gender of the person who called them. We like, mm -hmm. they won't remember Thursday. Try them again on Thursday. Hey, try and give them a call Thursday. Or even just changing the person sometimes would work. But if you change the gender of the person and yeah. had a female call, then all of a sudden they would get through a book of meeting. You'd be like, okay, cool. Mm -hmm. uh, so so it, it does it does have that disarming factor, definitely. So yeah. cool. It's good. It's good to hear that sort of it's it's changing. I also you just get that vibe anyway of course especially on linkedin you know there's a lot of people on linkedin right now a lot of sdrs building a brand um mm -hmm. and and i see a big difference there in the amount of females also getting involved in that which tells me that of course it's changing a lot uh, even though it is still super difficult and you know if you're recruiting that i don't know 70 80 percent of your applicants are going to be males um there's a there's a shift there happening which which is good going to be good for the the future i think of, of sales in general as a profession yeah, and there are a ton of female just thought leaders on LinkedIn that like I've just personally reached out to because I just kind of want to know a little bit more about their background or if I have a specific question um, that are always more than happy to connect, do, you know, a 15, 20 minute, you know, coffee in the morning to have a conversation and build out that network. So I would definitely encourage everyone on either one be active on linkedin that's huge because it's a wealth of knowledge and resources out there that you can tap into and folks that are posting like want to interact with their followers yeah yeah and that's especially females talking to other female leaders because you typically don't have those types of conversations um it's has been a tremendous help to me. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, because I, I think a lot of people are a little bit like cautious to do that, right? They're a little bit right. afraid. I mean, what's you, the harm? It's just like a cold call. If somebody tells you no, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> On to the absolutely. next one. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I did. I literally recorded a podcast yesterday, and and I remember we we, we covered the topic of personal branding, um, and one of the things he said there was. One of the first things he got out of, I think he did he did a LinkedIn course or something. And he said, it was one of those courses you go to the, and you take one golden thing away from it. Um, mm -hmm. He said, that thing was like just to post every day. And he was just like, of course, just like when I'm selling, I call every day. Then if I want to build a personal brand on LinkedIn, then I have to post every day. It's the same. 
exactly the same yeah. concept so so it's uh, interesting for that casey it's been uh, I, I know i've taken uh, a lot of your time up now we're all, almost what, 45 50 minutes and i've only just realized how dark my camera is as well the, the daylight is disappearing <laughs> in uh, europe um so before i disappear we better call it a day but last but least uh what's the one what's the one biggest thing you would say to anybody out there um who's who's in an sdr role or who's considering moving into a startup what was the biggest thing for you what you feel has given you the success you've had so far and helped you sort of move into sales be successful in sales and and grow that quickly into the role and, and have the progress what you've had i think it's your own attitude about it yeah. so you can have an amazing tech stack you can have all the right tools but if you don't go into into it with the right mind frame mindset you're not going to be successful and that always transcends over the phone right yeah. so if you're not feeling it today they can tell right yeah. um so try your best to have that really good attitude and going into a startup it's not always easy you have to be able to be flexible so again that mindset shift you have to realize that like your role could be ever-changing it could be bumps ups and downs but you're there to help grow a company and help drive revenue specifically um so if you can do that yeah you are a valuable valuable person within a startup it's interesting then so what you're saying basically is there the same thing what made you successful at booking meetings was the end in mind that's the same yeah. tip there overall is is the end in mind is you're working in a startup to make the startup a success so mm -hmm. eat the shit basically and yeah. focus on the end in mind and that will that will uh, you would love to wake up every day and be like everyone's going to answer their phone and i'm going to set six appointments and life is going to be wonderful you you could talk to no one all day long yeah and that's hard or yeah. you can be an account executive and you have 10 appointments in the week two of them say they're going to sign they don't sign they push to the next month or they ghost you right you always agree on the last day of the month to be a short oh, one's like <laughs> Are you talking about my July? Um, like it is, it's not easy, but if you go in and you realize it's not easy and you're committed and you are able to shake off the tough stuff and keep it moving, you'll be good to go. Yeah, yeah, cool, cool. Casey, it's been uh, golden, it's been golden. It's been great to, to get have you on. Uh, it's been great to get your input, your insights uh, and listen yeah. to you. And, th and things especially especially as soon as you move into it's amazing how much more interesting it got as soon as you moved into the startup area right <laughs> the part <laughs> that i enjoy the most yes funny funny <laughs> so so really appreciate you uh, being on um and of course we'll uh, we'll get this live as soon as possible hopefully by the end of the week and i'll uh, i'll send the link across to you and everybody else uh, of the listeners as well so Great. so yeah thank you very much and uh, enjoy the rest of your afternoon and i'll uh, go try and find some uh, light switches <laughs> i think All you right. should call it a day <laughs> yeah i think so it's usually a good signal when you can't see anymore right on the screen. Yeah. <laughs> All right casey thanks a lot take care yep thanks bye